I didn't realize this was such like a hot button issue. So I wanted to do my research before I put (laughs) my opinion out there. I surveyed my family. And so this was so funny. I feel like this is like the reading version of like, is a hamburger a sandwich? Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast. I'm Christy Meyer, your host, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and plenty of books to keep your TBR piles toppling. So grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. I'm so excited to announce that my debut novel, Not If I Date You First, is out on July 11th. This is a fake dating, enemies to lovers romantic comedy set in New York City, and I can't wait for you to all read it. She's a paparazzo, he's a celebrity, and when they get together, cameras will flash and sparks will fly. 18-year-old Ada Datchery just landed her dream internship working as a celebrity photographer. Ada's determined to do whatever it takes to turn her internship into a permanent career. But after she gets into an altercation with Liam Anders, Hollywood's hottest young celebrity, Ada becomes the center of a tabloid scandal. When rumors about an unlikely romance between Ada and Liam fly, giving an unexpected boost to both of their careers, they decide there's no harm in faking a relationship for the cameras. But as the line between what's real and what's pretend begins to blur, Ada finds herself under constant media scrutiny. And when her new boss pressures her to expose Liam's biggest secret, Ada realizes that making her dreams come true could cost her everything, including her heart. Not If I Date You First is available to order through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite local independent bookstore. Hello, my cozy friends. Welcome to a very special episode of Get Cozy Podcast. I am so, so excited for it because Catherine Schooler, the narrator for the audiobook version of my upcoming YA romance, Not If I Date You First, is joining us. We're going to be talking all about the audiobook creation process, and I am just so pumped to get into it. So welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to have you here. It's kind of funny because I've, uh, of course, listened to part of the audiobook that you've created. Um, So I've heard your voice and I kind of feel like I'm talking to the main character from my book. So that's kind of a fun experience for me. That's funny for me too, because I feel like I know so much about you from having (laughs) read your book, you know, and spending so much time with these characters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So now we get to like actually speak to each other, which is really cool um, after getting to experience the the other one's art, I guess, for a while now. Yeah, yeah, it's so very cool. Yeah. So like I said, I'm so excited to talk all about the process of creating audiobooks today. I think this is going to be such a fun episode. So do you want to just kick off the conversation by telling our listeners how you got into audiobook narration? For sure. So I went to school for theater. I got my uh, BFA from Michigan State University, go green, go white. (laughs) And I actually had a course there on audiobook narration, which is pretty uncommon. Um, But one of my professors is an audiobook narrator, uh, Christina Traster, and she's super talented. She has hundreds of books. You might have listened to one. Your listeners sure. might have listened to one. <laughs> yeah. And so I had that really like special and unique experience in college. Um, she took us to her home studio and we had the opportunity to record demos and she put us in touch with her publisher. 
And so that was a really great early on experience. I didn't end up doing anything with it right away after college. I ended up moving to Atlanta for a while to work in film and television industry. And I worked on set as a production assistant for many years there, which is very time consuming. So it kind of took me away from pursuing more of the acting side of things for Mm -hmm. a while, but I got this really valuable experience. And so as I was getting maybe a little burnt out from that lifestyle, I was like, okay, I want to get back to my acting. And I was like, I took that class. Uh huh. And I, um, but it didn't really focus on finding work. So I was like, went to the good old Google and I was like, okay, how do I do this? And I found ACX, which is where you and I ended up meeting. Right. Um, and so I threw my demos up on ACX and before I knew it, I was narrating again, you know, I bought myself an affordable microphone. I threw up some extra like moving blankets in a closet like most people do starting out. And I just got back into it. I took a little bit of a break again when we ended up moving back to Michigan, my home state, you know, just the past couple of years made us realize how important it is for us to be Mm -hmm. near family during these times. And so, yeah, now I'm back at it, pursuing it as a full-time gig and it is like gig work but you know this in addition to on-camera acting and theater acting and all of the forms of that art so yeah that's how I I got into it. Wow that's so neat and I'm not at all surprised to hear that you have such a background in theater because as I was listening to um, the audiobook sample that you sent me I could definitely hear you acting each of the characters like bringing them all to life which is so cool. And I just like, I recently went to this writing conference and some of the indie publishing authors were talking about how instead of like going the ACX route, they were just having like AI narrate their audiobook and that it sounded fine. And I was like, sure, like I'm like, I've heard AI read before and it's fine, but you don't have that like acted out experience. It's not immersive. Like no one's really bringing your story to life. It's just reading the words on the page. And so having an audiobook narrator to me is just such a cool and valuable experience. Yes. And I think that's why AI won't take over. I know it's like such a hot topic in Mm -hmm. like the voiceover industry and even with on-camera actors as well. But I think there is such a human connection, having a real human read the audiobook or act on screen, things like that, that I... I don't think actors have anything to be afraid of. Exactly. Yeah, I agree completely because it's one thing to have an AI get the inflection of a sentence right. And it's a totally different experience to have a narrator actually acting out that character. And I feel like it brings the readers into the story more and it's just more fun to listen to. Certainly. And like when I'm narrating, I'm on the character's journey. Like I feel it. And when I can feel it, the listener can feel it because that's such an intimate connection from my lips directly to somebody's ear. Mm -hmm. Like, and I imagine I haven't listened to much AI narration, but I imagine it becomes very rhythmic and could possibly drone on, you know, and then maybe you're less engaged. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I I sometimes, uh, because I do a little bit like of book blogging and book reviewing um, as well as writing. And so I do sometimes get advanced copies of audiobooks, but they'll be like AI audiobooks because the audiobook isn't finished yet. And it is very like 
monotonous. The the tone of the voice is a little monotone. And so like as a, a reader listening to the, the audiobook, you kind of like struggle to stay in the story. Like your mind kind of wanders and it's hard to pay attention. So I feel like there's a really big difference. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and you just do such a wonderful job of bringing the characters to life in my book. And it was such a cool experience for me to get to listen to it. Um, My husband listened to it as well and was just like absolutely blown away. So what is your process like for developing character voices in speech patterns so that they do all sound so individual? Well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, that's so kind. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad your husband liked it too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's, It's just so satisfying to hear it because I know your book is so personal to you you know, just like my performance of it is very personal to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, you hope that those two things align. For me, developing the character voices is usually, you know, it's pretty intuitive. It's right there on the page. Like you wrote, you know, how I'm supposed to interpret this character. So sometimes maybe there's like a little digging to do, but usually there's there's not there's such like a feel for who that character is supposed mm-hmm. to be like what their place is in the story and some of that you know relies on like stereotypes like how do we stereotype a pop star right, right. um and so you know you can kind of lean into that or what does like a little brother sound like like my little brother didn't sound like that but this is what a little brother sounds like <laughs> right and then yeah there's just great descriptors in the the text like I love when you wrote like Elodie's a caramel double shot latte with extra whip and Charlie's a cup of black coffee no sugar no milk (laughs) and that that's all I needed right there I'm like I know exactly who these people are I love that and it's so cool to me to have like uh something that I created like my art being brought to life by you with your art and then like my cover artist you know bringing the story to life with her art like it's just such a cool experience to have like other people coming together to create like this one thing together this one artistic thing together like it's a really beautiful like community experience yes yes and I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into creating an audiobook than just reading and acting out the story right like you've got to edit it and make sure the sound quality is really good so what's the process of recording an audiobook like from start to finish Sure. So, right, when we start out, you send me the manuscript. And the first thing I do is I sit down and read. And as I'm reading, I'm making notes. I like to highlight all the characters' uh, dialogue in different colors. It's just a really easy signal for me to switch. Uh Um, And if there are any, like, names or places that are unfamiliar to me, I make notes, you know, in the, in the text. I do everything on my iPad in an application called I Annotate PDF. So it's just a PD, okay. PDF annotator. And what I love, I can do, like, a bajillion different, like, highlighter colors. So every character, you know, has a different color. And so I go through, I read the whole thing, you know, make my notes. Then, of course, we did the 15-minute sample where you got to listen to what I was doing you know, see if we were on the same page, if Mm -hmm. there was any, you know, pacing or anything that needed to be adjusted. And then, you know, you approve that. So, you know, I'm off to the races. I'm recording the whole book from start to finish. Then I go back and proof, make sure I said all the words correctly, uh, make sure all of my spacing is good, things like that. And then I edit out any like mouth noises 
things like that. And then mm-hmm. I master it to the ACX standards, which is mostly making sure it's loud enough. Okay. And then I submit it for approval to you. That's so interesting because I uh, have been an audiobook listener for years and years and years and years. So it's so cool to kind of listen to how that process kind of works and what goes into it. Um, and that's really cool that you can go through and highlight all of the characters' dialogue in different colors. Um, that's such a that's such a neat thing. I would love to to see that sometime and kind of what that looks like because I'm like, there's so many characters in my book. I can't even <laughs> imagine that's so much work. Yeah, I, though it's I love it for me because also you know I think we have a lot of feelings associated with colors, so that mm-hmm. helps me remember who the character is. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's another connection for me into that character. And, you know, in regards to like proofing and editing, some narrators do outsource that through the the ACX platform. Uh-huh. Myself as the narrator, I'm also, I'm actually called the producer. Uh-huh. So, right, I'm responsible for all of those production elements. Some people do outsource it. Yeah, but it's, a, it's an expense, you know? So right. it's like what's the phrase you either have time or you have money right and so most uh, <laughs> exactly most narrators at least starting out have time uh-huh and it's good to know how to do those more technical things for auditions right because if you're auditioning out there you're trying to get work you want to be able to show a finished product to an author or a publisher right yeah that definitely makes sense i feel like knowing Uh, any kind of process from start to finish, even if later you hire someone else to do it for you when you've uh, established yourself a little bit more, like knowing what it's supposed to sound like by doing it yourself helps you to manage it a little bit better. Certainly. Yeah. So do you have any tips for other people who might be thinking about getting into audiobook narration themselves? Yes. I Listen, if you're thinking about it, you can try it for free by getting like go to a closet or a small secluded part in your home grab a book probably an e-reader is better because that's more similar to how you would actually narrate because you don't want the turning of the page sound right. and if you're like, I don't have an e-reader that's fine grab a book sit in your closet and read for several hours at a time and every time you mess up stop and start the sentence over and if you do that for four hours a day for a week you're gonna know if this is for you or not. If you, you might not even have to do it for that long. You might be like, after one hour, I'm done. I don't like it like I thought I did. It's right. not the same as reading to my kids. Then cool, but I think that's the coolest part about audiobook narration is that if you're interested in it, you can try it out for free. Mm-hmm. And then if you do like it, there's, oh my goodness, there's so many free resources online. Um, people on YouTube, there's a, a website called the Audiobook Narrator's Roadmap, which is full of free and good information. And then there are courses you can take. Um, I recently took a course at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio uh, by an audiobook narrator, Kurt Bonham, which was an excellent class I highly recommend. So it is, it's the most probably accessible aspect of the voiceover industry. It also seems to appeal to a lot of people who don't really have an acting background, which is awesome. A lot of people also recommend if you are a have zero acting training or experience and you want to do this to take like a, an acting 101 class, you mm-hmm. know, just something 
basic. Improv is also really great for audiobook narration because you're essentially cold reading. Like, yes, I've read the book, but my performance is like on the fly 100% of the time. Yeah, because I mean, mine at least is over 90,000 words. So reading it once definitely wouldn't (laughs) make you remember the whole book and like what's going to come in the next sentence that you have to read out loud. Yeah, and there is a little bit of skill there that with the more you do it, the better you are, like the fewer mistakes you'll make because you do have to kind of both read what you're reading and read a little bit ahead. That totally makes sense. Um, and such great resources. I, I found it really interesting when you said that you're going to be reading off of an e-reader because you don't want to hear like that page turn. And I'd never thought about that before. Like in, in my mind, I'm picturing like audiobook narrators, like in, <laughs> in these sound booths, like reading through an actual book, but that wouldn't make sense because you do hear that turn of the page. Mm-hmm. It, it was a problem before ear readers. That's what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh, that's so interesting. When I have to read something out loud for, you know, whatever reason, I feel like it's a victory if I can get through like, you know, two whole paragraphs without saying like, um, or like, or stumbling over a word and pausing. So uh, how long does that take you to read like, say, a, a chapter and get all the way through it? Oh, that's a great question. And it really depends on what the book is Uh and kind of your experience level. I feel like for Not If I Date You first, for like every hour that will be a finished hour, it probably takes me like one and a half to two hours to record that. It goes pretty quickly in in my experience because because it's it doesn't have a lot of like complex it doesn't have any words that I had to look up it doesn't have any complicated names of places right Um, it's not like a fantasy novel where there's lots of (laughs) made up words and things yeah but but some books like that or I did a nonfiction recently that had a lot of Norse mythology in it and I had so much research to do and then even when I did the research I would sit down to record it and I'd be like oh my goodness, I need to hear this again, you know? And mm-hmm. and so dictionary and various online pronunciation sources are so helpful. So things like that can take much longer. Things with heavy accents, depending on your skill level with that accent, can take longer. And, and that's like a whole other story. Like not every audiobook narrator has to be this like accent machine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like good enough is good enough. And then also sometimes... If you want to be a narrator and you're like, I can't do an accent to save my life, you don't have to. There are uh-huh. tons of narrators that probably never do an accent. So yeah, it, it really just depends on on your skill level, where you're at. I find sometimes it depends on like how I'm feeling that day, you mm-hmm. know, just like exercising, right? Some days we can do more than others. Right. Some days, some days I can go pages and minutes without making a mistake. And then other days I just feel like I'm stopping all the time Uh uh-huh oh that completely makes sense I mean it's kind of like similar to to writing like some days I can just sit down and knock out a chapter and sometimes like 500 words is an absolute (laughs) victory so I totally feel that 
So um, we are creating this audiobook, as we mentioned, by using ACX, which is Audible slash Amazon's company for audiobook creation. And I thought it might be interesting if we just kind of explained what ACX is and how it works both from the author's side and the narrator's side. Um, and we've touched on it a bit, but do you just want to kind of tell our listeners what ACX is? Yeah, so ACX stands for Audio Creation Exchange. I think now I'm second guessing myself. I but think you're right. It's essentially that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind it's like a dating site, right? For right. indie authors and audiobook narrators. Um, so like I have a profile there where I can upload all of my samples and have them available for uh, authors to peruse. There's also titles for audition there. So I can click on the titles for audition. I can have a search criteria like genres I like and things like that. And then I can look and I can see all the titles and I can audition for them there. And it's a free site, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of the best known one. There are other sites, but this is kind of the best known one for for the industry. Yeah, I uh, I think it's the best known one from the indie author side as well. Um, and it is just very very simple to use. Like um, as the author, uh, kind of like the inverse, right? So we can upload. Um, I think there's just you you upload a maybe like a first three chapters or something um, to auto to ACX. And then you can invite people to audition. So you can just post it on the forum and whoever wants to can audition. Or you can kind of listen um, to, and this is what I did. It was I was listening to samples that different audiobook narrators had created um, and trying to find an audiobook narrator whose voice kind of matched the voice of my character in my head. And then I came ac across Catherine's sample and was like, oh, she's perfect. So I just reached out to her to invite her to audition, I guess, to read um, my audiobook. And so she recorded a sample and it just sounded amazing. And the really cool thing about ACX as well, like the, the platform, like Catherine mentioned, is free to use. Um, but it also, there's different options. So as the author, you can pay a narrator upfront to record the entire audiobook, and then you just split the profits between yourself and Audible, or if you're an indie author just getting started like me, you can select the option to do kind of like a profit sharing system. So like any sales from this audiobook will be divided between myself, Catherine, and Audible. So it's a pretty cool um, way to get started, both as a beginning narrator or as a beginning author and get audiobooks created. Yes, and doing the profit sharing, I know not all actors get super excited about that mm -hmm. um but it's a great passive income if you know if the book does well and and i have no doubt that not if i date you first will it's oh my gosh i, I was smiling like the whole time i read it <laughs> i you. like smiling half the time i'm narrating and then i'm also getting like really emotional because i love these characters <laughs> um so you know i hope you all hear that and yeah so doing the profit sharing can be really lucrative. I think what you did was like really great in listening to people's samples and reaching out to someone because I've heard, right? I don't see it from the author side, but I've mm -hmm. heard sometimes these uh, royalty share projects don't get as many auditions. So 
that would I you know to other indie authors out there listening that would be like my hot tip you know and another thing that not if I date you first has going for it is the cover art is so strong right it's you know we're told it's so oh my gosh it's perfect and pink is like having a moment right now (laughs) it is I you know at least for me so I'm obsessed but I think that was really smart because you have this really strong product you know to go reach out to people with rather than like hoping somebody finds you yeah no thank you uh thank you for the compliments um and i i agree the the cover art is absolutely beautiful and so when i was um putting together like the all the information to put in the um the audition the request that i was putting out i i included the the little cover art as well as my book so i could kind of present myself as a professional because i know like doing the profit sharing that like this is kind of a a gamble and an investment of your time as as well as mine um so i wanted to make sure that you felt somewhat confident in my ability to to sell the book and hopefully get some audiobook sales as well yeah for sure. And I, like I said, I think you did a great job with that. So kudos to you and uh, your illustrator. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, so my, my cover artist is actually my sister-in-law. So I'm su- oh, <laughs> super, wow. super lucky, yeah, to have such a talented person um, in my family that was able to help with that. Um, but yeah, so I think those are, those are great tips for indie authors that are looking to try ACX. Um, we obviously haven't published the audiobook yet. Um, I think we're going to publish it in September. We don't have an exact release date, but stay tuned for that, listeners. Um, but yeah, I am excited. I've heard a lot of readers saying that they're excited to listen to the audiobook as well. Um, I can't wait to listen to the finished product. I think it's going to be a really cool experience, and hopefully it, it's something that will work out well for both of us. Yes. Yeah. So it's funny to me that like here we are in 2023 and there is still so much controversy around audiobooks and whether or not listening to them should be considered reading. So what is your opinion on that topic? So this is so funny. I didn't realize this was such like a hot button issue. So I wanted to do my research before, you know, (laughs) I put my opinion out there. And, um, and I even, I surveyed my family. And so this was so funny. I feel like this is like the reading version of like, is a hamburger a sandwich? Exactly. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think audiobooks or listening to audiobooks should definitely count as reading. I think if like reading is the head category, like the two subcategories are like reading a physical book or an ebook and then like listening to an audiobook. I think you're getting the story both ways and and I think each has something different to, you know to offer like I know people who you know have low vision and right. so reading is just like even though they maybe could it's not enjoyable right and and we read for joy most of the time or mm-hmm. at least when we're reading literature we're reading for joy or entertainment and so yeah if you're struggling to read that's not fun so audiobooks are great for that. In my family, we will like share the audiobook and it's like our unofficial book group. There are no deadlines. You know, there is no nothing, uh-huh. but we all will listen to the same audiobook and then we talk about it like it's a TV show we watched or oh, whatever. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, and I think narration can really 
elevate a text. I can think of several audiobooks I listened to in the past couple of years that I'm just like, wow, I wonder how it would have been to read it on text. Like, would it have been anything like this for me? Mm-hmm. One that sticks out to me is the three-body problem for anybody who likes sci-fi. I know this is like cozy mystery people, but we all have expansive <laughs> tastes, okay? Exactly, exactly. Um, and you have time before Netflix releases it as a show to to listen to it. The narrator is incredible, PJ Oakland. He's very prominent. And then another one that I listened to recently, I re- listened to Matthew McConaughey's Green Light. I want to listen which, to that so much. Oh my goodness. It's like it's like a theater performance. It's like a play, but it's more intimate than that because it's not like performative. It's just uh-huh. so very much him. I was like, wow. I want to narrate something where I am like, where uh, I guess I have to write my own book where I'm 100% (laughs) me, you know, (laughs) right? because it's just so great. And while I would love to have the book because I love a hard copy of a book, Mm -hmm. I think listening to it was so beautifully intimate. And in the same way that listening to other books are, are like being a part of a performance and the Reader's Digest article I read said that it has the same effect on the brain, right? Exactly. We're, we're getting that same, you know, cathartic release, that same relaxation in the brain. And as someone who loves to multitask, I love audiobooks for that. I can listen to them and do a craft. I can listen to them and clean. I Oh, driving. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we spend yes. so much time driving. Mm-hmm. I love listening to an audiobook while I'm driving. Yeah, me too. And I agree just like completely with everything that you said. Um, There are so many studies that show that listening to an audiobook has the same effect on your brain as reading a book. And like if you think about like when you're reading a book, if you're really enjoying it, it's not like you're thinking about seeing the words on the page, right? You forget about the page and your mind is immersed in the story and you're kind of seeing the story. And it's similar to when you're listening to an audiobook, you're seeing the story in your mind and like you mentioned like people who are vision impaired or maybe people who are neuro neurodiverse and have a hard time just sitting down and reading like audiobooks uh, make books accessible to people that physical books may not be as accessible for so mm-hmm. yeah i absolutely think they're reading i count them on my uh goodreads and storygraph tracker as books that i've read for the year Um, And yeah, I know so many people, especially in recent years, who have been switching to reading more and more audiobooks because our lives are just getting so busy and chaotic and we have to like, if we want to read, we've got to do it on the go and audiobooks make that possible. Yes. And I mean, I think there are benefits to reading a book on the page too. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I need the auditory rest, you know, that's a a version of rest we don't often think of. Uh But I also think maybe, you know, if I have some alone time, listening to an audiobook sometimes makes me feel less lonely, you know? Yeah. It's like having another person in the room. And then another thing I saw, you know, and you kind of mentioned, by not reading, by our eyes not being a part of kind of this equation, there are some studies that show, like, we can have a more expansive, like, visual interpretation of the book by listening to it. And I thought that was so cool because I'm very, um, I have a very strong mind's eye, I think. Mm-hmm. So when I read a book on the page or when I'm narrating or when I'm listening, I it's like a movie in my head. 
And maybe for some people, reading dims the movie. Right. And so, like, how cool to have a more expansive, like, visual world in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's definitely, like, uh, I think a preference thing and, like, a timing thing. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I want to read physical books. Sometimes I want to listen to audiobooks. And sometimes, and this is really fun, you get, like, a really immersive experience if you turn on the audiobook while you're, like, physically reading a book. Like, I feel like it just helps you, like, focus so much more. And then you have, like, hopefully a really good audiobook narrator who's bringing those characters to life. And it just creates, like... A completely different reading experience. It's so neat. Yes. Oh, that sounds cool. I've never done that. I want to try that now. Yeah, you absolutely should. It's really, really fun. Um, It takes a second to kind of figure out the... um, the pace of the audiobook to like match it to the speed that your eyes read words on the page like if that's like two times or like 1.5 times or what have you and um, it's usually a little bit quicker than one time so you might have to adjust a little bit but once you get dialed in on the rhythm it's really really neat right i know most people listen to audiobooks a little faster than they're narrated which uh-huh. is so funny because it's something you're taught when learning audiobook narration is to speak slowly like not if I date you first is a little quicker because fast equals funny to an extent you know (laughs) and it's kind of like a rom-com but yeah it's still probably slower than the conversation we're having right now you know yeah yeah the the speed of the what would you say like the pacing of the words like what would be the correct term for that yeah it would be pacing the pacing yeah the pacing is slower um for sure when you listen to an audiobook on one times um but I do feel like if you're listening to an audiobook while you're like working or cleaning sometimes that one times pace really helps you to absorb the book Mm. while you're also like multitasking yeah for sure I I do not listen to audiobooks faster that's just me I know that a lot of the software tries not to change the pitch of the voices and I think it's a lot better about that now than maybe in the past but faster than one times for me is too fast I don't that's just me Uh uh-huh and it can kind of especially if um there's any kind of like song or music incorporated in the audiobook when you put it on two times (laughs) it sounds sounds a little bit funny um and I'm sure it also like changes so you as the voice actor right are really giving a performance as you're reading this book so by putting it on like two times I know some people that do three times which I can't even like fathom but that definitely would change the experience of the acted performance of the book certainly and those are there are some people kind of piggybacking back to our AI thing there are some people who are not bothered by that AI sound that text-to-speech probably because they are these people who are listening very quickly, like they can consume very quickly. And I think this is where like reading is really cool and talking to other people about reading is fascinating because I think it's something that really highlights how different people's brains work differently. Uh huh. And that's just a situation where that person's brain works very differently than mine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I do think it's different if you're looking at kind of an audiobook as like um, a way to consume a 
book or if you're looking at it as like its own piece of art um, where it's a performance and you want to observe that performance. Um, so I think like having a different mindset when you go into listening to an audiobook uh, can definitely change the way that you want to listen to it. Like I think it's kind of fun to separate the audiobook from from the book and listen to it as its own thing a little bit, especially because um, it, it's hard like as an author to listen to your books being narrated because you're thinking about like, oh, I could have written this differently or I could have written that better. But if I separate that and just listen to like your performance, then it's it's a lot of fun for me. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I could see that. Whereas like sometimes I feel the same thing listening to myself. <laughs> so I do as a voiceover actor, listen to myself so much. Yeah, <laughs> I bet <laughs> that that I'm like, I'm desensitized to it a little. I think more so than like giving myself performance notes. I have to make sure that that I'm actually listening to myself and that words haven't just become like sounds, mm -hmm. you know, right? That, that ear fatigue creeps in. Exactly. I've been doing this for too long today and maybe it's time to just take a break. Yeah. Oh, I totally understand that. It's like when you say the same word over and over again and it starts to lose its meaning. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So for you, what makes for a really well-narrated audiobook? Oh, it's all about commitment. If the narrator is just committed 110% to telling that story, and some people are just such naturals at this. I remember going back to college, having this course, and maybe it wasn't even just commitment. I, I had a classmate who oozed personality. And I was like, oh, man, he makes this look so easy. Uh -huh. He just oozes personality out of his voice. And I think it's because he was really committed. And, and so for me, I am trying to immerse myself 110%. I'm on the journey with these characters. You know, I pre-read the book, so I understand the arc, right? Mm -hmm. But I d definitely don't want to narrate it like I know how it ends at the beginning, right? right. So I'm on a journey the characters in Not If I Date You First are so lovely. They're so easy to connect with. And I identify with Ada so strongly. It reminds me so much of how I felt when I was younger. And I had more dreams than life experience. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And that's such a beautiful time in life. And mm -hmm. so it was so, it's so fun for me to go back there. Like I made a playlist and and it definitely gave me rom-com vibes. So I loved your reel with the How to Losing Guy in 10 Days because like that's what I locked in on. I was like, it's not that, but there's like an element of that, you right. know? Right, yep. And so a book like this is so easy to immerse in and, and be committed and be on the character's side and their biggest cheerleader and all of that good stuff. And I think that's that's what makes a good audiobook because when the narrator's checked out, like. Mm -hmm. You can hear it. That was some advice I, I heard a couple of years ago in just terms of voiceover in general. Like you can hear when a voiceover artist is having a bad day. And I thought, really? Like, that's so weird. And then one day I had a bad day, like we all do. And I recorded <laughs> some stuff and I listened back and I was like, oh man, I sound like I'm having a bad day. And like of course you, you don't want it. that. Yeah. So, you know, really just immersing yourself setting everything else aside like this is the story this is it for these characters and it, and it's 
it's so beautiful. I think audiobook narration really hones in on something that's like really core for a lot of actors. It's that kind of like feeling you have when you're a kid mm-hmm. in theater and you're like, I can play all the parts. I want to play all the parts and I want to sing all the songs and (laughs) all of that. And it really kind of, it gives you that you can do that. And it, and it harkens back to this really like imaginative time. And I think that's, what's really beautiful about that. When narrators lock into that, like Mm -hmm. that's fun. If you're having fun, the audience is having fun, just like with anything. Like when you get a really good like salesperson, if they're really excited about this product, like, well, yeah, I'm going to buy. Like they told me it's the right. best thing ever. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Oh, and I, lo- I love that so much. And I just have to say how much I appreciate you like really putting yourself into my story and my characters and bringing them to life with such commitment because I do agree you can absolutely hear it in the audiobook narration like if the narrator is just reading the book or if they're really like immersing themselves into the characters bringing the story to life and that's what you've uh, been doing with mine and it just uh, is such a joy to hear as an author and like as a reader and an audiobook reader it's so fun to listen to narrators do that exactly yes thank you and it's fun right like this is fun this is a fun book this is not i don't know um you know some bronte sisters you know right. yeah dark this and is gloomy. not literary fiction this is intended to be yeah. a fun rom-com a bit of an escape from uh reality and any kind of like daily stressors like it's meant to be fun and the audiobook sounds fun and so i am so excited for readers to get to listen to it when it comes out yes i am too so i have to ask do you prefer reading with your eyes or do you prefer listening to audiobooks yourself i would say i mostly listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. yeah Lately, I've been on like a podcast kick, but mostly I enjoy listening. I kind of go through waves where I like reading a physical book, and that's really cool. So it's so funny. With the men in my family, I share audiobooks, and the women in my family, we share paperbacks. Oh, interesting. Um, I just now noticed that. Like, I didn't ever really think about it that way before, but also they're two different genres. Like, mostly the audiobooks I listen to are like sci-fi but I've uh-huh. gotten into listening listening to mystery audiobooks and then with the women in my family we read a lot of like mysteries and thrillers and I'm trying to get my mom into mysteries but she's she she thinks they're gonna be too scary so I'm gonna I'm <laughs> I trying to get her in on some cozies so because I'm like mom there's this whole cozy genre like let me explain it to you you're gonna be yeah, okay yeah yeah they're very they're very not scary they're uh very safe entry points for mysteries more like um they're more like puzzle solving really yeah. than scary yeah I think yeah. she just has this whole perception um which is fine so I find when I'm like really feeling anxious or off, mm-hmm. stopping, like stopping my movement, sitting down and physically reading a book with my eyes has a really calming effect. Audiobooks also do that, but usually I'll do that for entertainment too. But like if I'm in a pinch, like if I'm driving to an audition and I'm a little like anxious, right? Uh-huh. And I'm good anxious, but I'm like, okay, it's not serving me to just like 
continue to run my monologue in my head. So let me turn on a book. Let me listen to somebody else's story. Let me remind myself why I love this art. So they just serve different functions. Right now, I'm definitely more on a listening kick than a reading with my eyes kick, but I, you know, it could change at any time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, it's really like shifted throughout my my life and what I'm doing like when I um was working in office I was definitely more of an audiobook girly because I had a hour and a half commute each way and so I got through yeah so I got through a lot of audiobooks um which was wonderful but now I'm working from home and so I'm mostly reading with my eyes um but you know when I'm doing like chores or getting ready in the morning like that's when I get my audiobook time in yes and it's so good for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to look forward to my long drives. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to know what happens next in this audiobook. Exactly. Exactly. Me too. I kind of, um, I miss my commute for that reason and that reason alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so can you tell us anything about the projects that you're working on right now? Well, obviously I'm narrating Not If I Date You First. Yes. It's this great rom-com <laughs> that I can't wait for you all to listen to. Um <laughs> I've also been doing some audio dramas, which I'm not certain when those will release, but when they do, you know, I'll put it on social media Yeah, and um, that'll be fun for people. I'm also, you know, like this is the actor's job is to audition. So I'm, you know, it's theater audition season here. Um, so I've been going out for a lot of that and hopefully I'll be on stage again soon. That'll be super exciting. Awesome. But in terms of, of projects after Not If I Date You First, my audiobook calendar is open. So if there's anybody out there listening, looking for a narrator, or even just wants to ask me questions or whatever, you can do that at any time. I, I will happily talk to anybody about their interest in becoming a narrator or their interest in hiring a narrator. Wonderful. Yeah, definitely. And we'll... um. When we publish this episode, we will put all of your um, information so people can definitely reach out to you. But do you want to tell our listeners, because I know we've got a lot of indie authors that tune into this podcast, um, let us know how they can connect with you online and possibly reach out if they'd be interested in having you narrate their own audiobooks. Yes. So I'm not super active on Instagram in terms of posting, but I am on Instagram and I would love to build that skill. Like, <laughs> I, Christy, you are like, I'm like, oh, she's so good at Instagram. <laughs> I want to be like that. You inspire me. And so many other people <laughs> inspire me to share my creativity on Instagram. But I'm on Instagram as Hey Schooler. And then by the time this comes out, I'm hoping to have my webpage uh, live, which will be katherineschooler.com. And you can reach out to me on either of those platforms and we can talk all things narration or audiobooks or I don't know, whatever, whatever you're reading. Like we can just talk. Yes. Ah, wonderful. Well, Catherine, this has been so, so much fun. I have so enjoyed getting to learn about the audiobook creation and just getting to like chat with you um, one-on-one has been so neat for me. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been so great talking to you too. Like I said, I feel like I know you somewhat (laughs) from narrating your book and I've listened to your podcast too. And I'm just so happy we've been able to connect and work on this project together. 
Oh, me too. I am so excited um, for the audiobook to release. We will keep everyone posted and listeners do stay tuned because we will be back with another episode of Get Cozy Podcast soon and we will chat soon. I'm so excited to announce that my debut novel, Not If I Date You First, is out on July 11th. This is a fake dating, enemies to lovers romantic comedy set in New York City, and I can't wait for you to all read it. She's a paparazzo, he's a celebrity, and when they get together, cameras will flash and sparks will fly. 18-year-old Ada Datchery just landed her dream internship working as a celebrity photographer. Ada's determined to do whatever it takes to turn her internship into a permanent career. But after she gets into an altercation with Liam Anders, Hollywood's hottest young celebrity, Ada becomes the center of a tabloid scandal. When rumors about an unlikely romance between Ada and Liam fly, giving an unexpected boost to both of their careers, they decide there's no harm in faking a relationship for the cameras. But as the line between what's real and what's pretend begins to blur, Ada finds herself under constant media scrutiny. And when her new boss pressures her to expose Liam's biggest secret, Ada realizes that making her dreams come true could cost her everything, including her heart. Not If I Date You First is available to order through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite local independent bookstore. That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading and stay cozy. Stay cozy.